Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Black here for the first full episode of my podcast. I can't wait. You know what it means. I know what it means. It is college football season. That's what this podcast is all about. It's called The Blackout. And throughout the entire season, week by week, I'm going to be covering the best teams and the biggest games that will impact the college football playoff. I can't wait. And I'm excited to have you listening along with me as we go throughout the entire season. Before I go any further, I want to thank Super Team Media for bringing me on board their team to talk about college football all throughout the season. Super Team Media is a group of talented individuals who have come together to put together a podcasting network, and I am certainly happy to be involved with them. Next on the agenda is to tell you a little bit about what we have in store for you on the show this week. Coming up on today's show, you're going to hear from Tony Castricone, the voice of the Washington Huskies. He's getting ready to call his very first game for the Washington Huskies on the football field as they get ready to take on the number nine ranked Auburn Tigers Saturday afternoon. I'm very excited about this game because between Auburn and Washington, two top ten teams, the winner of this game is going to be very well positioned very early in the season for a potential shot at a college football playoff appearance. Each week on the Blackout, my intention is to bring you interviews like Tony Castricone to get you the best information on these big games, the best teams, and all of college football so that you can be informed on what's going on in the game. The next thing I want to do is I want to talk about the teams that I believe are the most likely to reach the college football playoff. Each week, I'm going to give you four teams. These aren't necessarily the best teams in the country every single week, but I believe it's a mix of the most talented teams along with the best-situated schedules for these teams to be able to take advantage of and move on to the college football playoff. So without further ado, I'm going to get it started with the first team, the team that I believe is most likely to reach the college football playoff. If they do it, they do it again for a fourth consecutive season. It's the Clemson Tigers. Everyone knows when you start with Clemson, you start with the defensive line. When you have Cleveland Farrell on an end, Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins on the inside, and Austin Bryant on the other end, it's a dominant, dominant defensive line that's going to give teams trouble all season long. There isn't going to be much of anyone who's able to protect quarterbacks, protect their backfield throughout the season when you face that defensive line, and that's going to dictate a lot of the schedule for Clemson and what happens for them, and a big reason why I believe they go undefeated throughout the regular season. After talking about the defense and the schedule, the things that set up best for Clemson, you have to flip it over to the offense and look at that side of the ball. In the backfield, I think Clemson's pretty established. When you've got guys 
like Travis Etienne, Tavian Feaster, Adam Choice at running back. I believe Clemson's very well positioned there to have one of the best rushing attacks in the entire country. Of course, their talent mixed with the talent of Kelly Bryant, a quarterback, is going to be very interesting to watch. Kelly Bryant back for another year as the starting quarterback, as of right now, is going to be very interesting to watch. He's grown. He's become a better player in his time at Clemson. He can certainly run the ball, and he's going to add to that dynamic effect of what Clemson has in the backfield being able to run. But people who've paid attention to Clemson know that he's not the best passing quarterback in the world. And the biggest question for me throughout the entire season for Clemson is what happens at the quarterback position. Is Kelly Bryant going to retain the starting quarterback role for the entire season? I tend to believe that that might be up for grabs at some point during the season. And everybody who knows anything about Clemson knows that Trevor Lawrence is the guy that is next in line. He won't start the season as many Tiger fans wanted, but Trevor Lawrence does have the big-time passing ability. You rewind a few years ago to Deshaun Watson and what he did as a true freshman, how he took over a starting job in Clemson. And now you look at Trevor Lawrence, the fact that people kind of eyeball those two guys as as kind of similar because of their talent level. They aren't the same quarterback. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to run for a 1,000 yards like Deshaun did in his career. But you look at Trevor Lawrence and his passing ability, especially deep down the field, that is going to have a big impact on this Clemson Tiger team if he can work his way onto the field. As the season goes on, if Trevor Lawrence gets on the field and ever takes over the starting quarterback job, he'll balance the offense out an awful lot more, and those deep downfield shots to guys like T. Higgins could have an awfully big impact on how far this team goes and whether they do truly contend for another national championship. The team I believe is second most likely to reach the college football playoff is maybe not the team you'd guess that I would say at this point. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. The Bulldogs coming off an appearance in the national championship, nearly beating the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think they're in position with the recruiting that's going on there with Kirby Smart to be in this position for an awfully long time. There's consistency at quarterback with Jake Fromm. Of course, they haven't named a starting quarterback yet, and that could be another discussion point for another one of these top teams between Jake Fromm and Justin Fields that we will be watching throughout the entire season. But you look at this team, and they do have to replace some pieces on defense, but the talent level, the recruiting that's coming in under Kirby Smart, I believe will position the Georgia Bulldogs to be back in the college football playoff. There are pieces that the Georgia Bulldogs have to replace, certainly. Roquan Smith at linebacker, Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb at running back. But I believe the recruiting that has been done at Georgia is going to enable them to bypass some of the problems that other teams would be having in replacing some of these same players. With guys like DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield, James Cook, I have no doubt that Georgia's rushing attack is going to be just as good as it has been the last few seasons. Georgia is another team, however, that has questions at the quarterback position to some extent or another. Jake Fromm is back after a freshman season of leading this team to a national championship game appearance. However, Justin Fields is coming in, and a lot of people are saying that he's going to work his way onto the field. From what I've seen of the guy, he's certainly talented. I believe he's talented enough that they will mix him into the offense in different ways. I don't know, though, if he's going to actually take over the starting job from Jake Fromm. I would bet against it, and I would bet with the consistency of Jake Fromm and what they have in the backfield, I think you're going to see the Georgia Bulldogs make another run, very likely, at the college football playoff. And ultimately, I put Georgia in the second position for most likely to reach the college football playoff, again, because of the schedule. They play at South Carolina in Week 2. They have to play at LSU. 
and they play Auburn late in the season. But apart from that, the schedule should be relatively easy for the Georgia Bulldogs. I believe the Georgia Bulldogs will run through the SEC East. They'll be in the SEC championship game, and at that point, it's just a matter of whether they're already undefeated going into that game or whether they have a loss on their schedule and need a win to be able to advance to the college football playoff. The team that's third most likely, I believe, to reach the college football playoff is the Alabama Crimson Tide. They won last year's national championship game. They're back. They've got a lot of pieces in place. They named co-starters at quarterback. Nick Saban is a guy who has hung on and hung on and hung on, not named starting quarterbacks, and then he's had a lot of guys transfer. This situation is different, though. Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts come in as co-starters for the Alabama Crimson Tide. As ridiculous as that sounds, they are co-starters as the Alabama Crimson Tide opens up the season. And I believe this quarterback situation is a little bit more of an extreme of what you see with Clemson. Jalen Hurts, much like Kelly Bryant, is a runner by trade, but I don't believe he has the ability even that Kelly Bryant does to get the ball down the field. Then you flip over to what Tua Tagovailoa did in the second half of the national championship, his ability to throw the ball accurately down the field, plus impact the game with his legs on occasion. I think you're looking at who will be the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Whether they split snaps or not early in the season, I believe that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be the starting quarterback ultimately as the season progresses for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I think that he puts them in a position to maximize their abilities offensively and really become an extremely dangerous offense, not just running through and over people, but an offense that is truly dynamic and really can change the game on a number of levels in ways that we haven't seen Nick Saban teams do this before. You finally move over to Alabama's schedule, and I think this is what separates them a little bit from the Clemsons and the Georgias of the world as far as most likely to reach the college football playoff. I don't think Alabama has an awful lot of trouble with Louisville, but then they work down later throughout the season. They have to go to LSU, and then the very next week they play Mississippi State, a team that gave them an awful lot of trouble last season, and then finally they close out with a game against Auburn. Now those two last games I mentioned, Mississippi State and Auburn, they get a chance to play both of them at home. They have Citadel played in between those two games to break them up, but I do believe that this schedule is just a little bit harder than what you see with Georgia and Clemson. And then ultimately, of course, Alabama will be very, very likely to play a Georgia team in the SEC championship game, which makes the schedule even that much more difficult. The team, I believe, is fourth most likely to reach the college football playoff. may come as a surprise again to some people, but it's the Wisconsin Badgers. I think Wisconsin comes into the season, again, a team that you see a lot of stability with. They do a lot of the same things year in, year out. They've got a really consistent running game. Jonathan Taylor, the star there, could be in contention for the Heisman Trophy. The steady defense, which is always one of the best in the Big Ten, and the fact that they play in the easier division inside the Big Ten really gives them an opportunity to make it to the college football playoff. Now, Wisconsin does have to play Michigan and Penn State from the Eastern Division, and that's going to be difficult because both of those games are on the road. But I think you look at Wisconsin and what they do consistency-wise, the fact that they play in the easier division, and I think ultimately it does put them in a position to play for the college football playoff should they take care of business during the regular season. I know there are an awful lot of people who have been picking teams from the Big Ten to make the college football playoff, and oftentimes it's teams from the Big Ten West. It's Ohio State. It's Penn State. 
It's Michigan. Sometimes I've even seen some picks from Michigan State. But the fact is, those four teams play each other in the same division. And I think that division is going to beat up on itself. Even a team like Michigan, who has a transfer quarterback and Shea Patterson coming in to start at quarterback, I think they're going to get an awful lot better on the offensive side of the ball. I think that Shea Patterson makes them a lot more dynamic. It's just a matter of, do you look at that offense and do they adapt things to Shea Patterson's skill set? But ultimately, I think they've just about got to. So when you look at those teams, I think they really do beat up on each other, and I think that provides the opportunity for Wisconsin, despite having to go on the road and play a couple of those teams, I think that Wisconsin can split those games and then go back to the Big Ten championship game with a chance at knocking off whoever comes out of that side and go on to play in the college football playoff. Now with that, it's time to go to break. On the other side of the break, stay tuned because I will have my interview from last week with Tony Castricone to play for you as he gets ready to call the Washington Huskies game versus the Auburn Tigers. You're listening to The Blackout. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, at TB on the Blackout, and stay connected with me there as I'll give you updates on the show throughout the entire season. Welcome back to The Blackout. This is Thomas Black. As promised to you, I now have the interview that I recorded last week with Tony Castricone, the voice of the Washington Huskies. We'll get into that now in his breakdown of the game coming up between the Washington Huskies and the Auburn Tigers. And here's Tony talking about what he's most looking forward to about this game coming up this weekend, 3.30 Eastern time on Saturday. And this is going to be such a great way to kick off the 2018 season. It's the only matchup in the country where two top 10 teams are playing against one another in the first weekend. And, um, I mean, I think everybody loves to focus on that hunt for the college football playoff spots and who's going to, you know, I mean, nowadays it's not about like, like it was 25 years ago, just try to win your league and go to your bowl game or something like that. Now, I mean, it's like a, it's a 24, seven, 365, who's going to win the national championship. And I think probably the most, the biggest game that's going to contribute to that conversation in week one is ours. Uh, Washington and Auburn, uh, two totally different teams from kind of the standpoint as, uh, as, as to the way that they're built. You know, Washington has probably the best secondary in the country. Auburn has one of the best defensive lines in the nation. Uh, there are a couple other good ones. Clemson obviously has a good one, but, um, you know, their front is, is exceptional. You got two different quarterbacks in this game, but both are Heisman Trophy candidates, Jarrett Stidham for Auburn and Jake Browning for Washington. And then uh, I think Auburn brings back a lot of wide receivers. That's kind of a question mark for the Huskies. But Auburn is really trying to find out who's going to be their bell cow at the running back position. And for the Huskies, they've got Miles Gaskin, who has been a, a he's going to be a fourth year starter. And through his first three years, he's had 1,300 yards in each of those first three seasons. So, you know, I think uh, there's all sorts of intriguing storylines to this game. Who starts off 2018 with a bang? Certainly, it's going to be in Auburn's backyard, even though it's technically a neutral site in Atlanta. But I would certainly say that uh, maybe the thing that we'll have to keep an eye on the most is the trenches, because both these teams have have really talented guys on both sides of the line and, and whoever can kind of win that battle of the line of scrimmage might end up having the advantage in the bowl game. You mentioned Jake Browning as a Heisman contender. I'm with you. I, I mean, I, the guy is talented. He's certainly done an awful lot for this Washington football program. 
Uh, but going back a couple of seasons ago, he had John Ross. He had Dante Pettis at wide receiver. He's lost those yeah. guys now. Who's going to step up at wide receiver for Jake Browning to be able to return to the form he had in 2016? That's a great question, and I think uh, the answer is to be determined, quite honestly. Um, you know, I think it's interesting the way that you kind of wrap that up by saying return to the form of 2016. I, I, that's a very common sort of analysis of Jake Browning that's out there. A lot of people think he regressed and took a step back in 2017. Maybe he did a little bit in terms of production. You look at some of his stats did take a jump backward. Some of his stats did improve. His his completion percentage was better last year. He threw only five interceptions all season long. Uh, the dude is unbelievable in the red zone. His career red zone touchdown to interception ratio is 48 to nothing. I mean, that's unbelievable if you think about it. And then so, you know, he, he didn't have as many wide receivers to target last year. The line was a little bit more beat up. They were able to rely on the running game a little bit more. So I'm not sure he so much regressed as he did. You know, he's coming off a shoulder injury as well and probably wasn't totally healthy for all of last year. Um, I, I think what's really going to be interesting to see is how some of these wide receivers – kind of come into their own. Aaron Fuller is probably the top returning target from last year from a production standpoint, but Chico McClatcher, number six, this kid is only 5'8", 176 pounds, but he is lightning quick, and he had an early season injury last year, which ended up costing him the season. and really had to have his, his ankle and his ACL, um, you know, worked on, and, and it was a pretty gruesome injury, but Man, he has been working hard through camp, and and he looks pretty quick. He might be just a tad, uh, you know, behind his ultimate potential, uh, and still on the rebound. But Ty Jones, Quentin Pounds, these are some other guys that that got playing time last year. And Andre Bocelli, number five, they probably don't win the Utah game without his contributions in the fourth quarter. There are definitely talented guys that are options. The question is, who's going to be his favorite target? Who steps up? And I think that just comes down to how Jake goes through his progressions and who's able to beat their man in coverage. We'll, we'll just have to find out. Now, you mentioned this Auburn defensive front. It's going to be one of the nastiest in all of college football. And starting off mm -hmm. this game to start off the season, what's more important for this Washington team? Is it protecting uh, Is it protecting Jake Browning to make sure he gets going? Or is it making some running lanes for Miles Gaskin and making sure that running attack gets going? Well, they're uh, great question. They're both important, right? Um, and I don't think, uh, you really want to have a one dimensional approach to, to playing in as big of a game as this. So obviously completing some passes would help open up your run game and vice versa. If you're able to pound the ball on the ground and, and bite off four or five yards at a time, then the box starts to load up a little bit and you can beat somebody deep. So I think, um, you know, the, the big key to keep an eye on in this game is at left tackle. Trey Adams is on several people's first-team All-American list. Bill Steele has him as the fourth-best tackle in the country. But the question is, how healthy is he? He injured his ACL against Arizona State last year. And even though it's been almost a full calendar year, for those big guys, the 330-pounders, the, the healing process takes just a tad bit longer. And so he has been practicing quite a bit uh he didn't early in camp but he's been he's been practicing so far throughout this camp uh here in the last couple of weeks and i think uh, whether or not he's able to go 
and whether or not the offensive line is at full strength is going to be an emerging storyline as we make our way through this bowl game. Now let's flip it to the other side. You mentioned a couple of the things that the Auburn Tigers are going to bring onto the field. You mentioned experienced quarterback with Jarrett Stidham. Uh, yep. What what will be important for this Washington defense? There, there have been some nasty defenses under Chris Peterson, but what's going to be important to take away? Will it be the running attack or the passing game with Jarrett Stidham? I think I think that what Auburn typically likes to do under Gus Malzahn is is get the running game going and allow uh, the tempo and 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 gashing you on the ground to kind yeah. of open up everything else. That seems to be the way that they operate. So it seems stop the run needs to probably be the biggest key first and foremost. And and the Huskies have maybe the best secondary in all of college football. The question is, you lose Vita Vea, number 12 overall draft pick in the NFL draft first round this past year. He's Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year last season. How 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 big of a loss? What does that do to the chemistry of this defensive line? And how big of a loss is that? They're going to have some seniors behind him, uh, behind the middle of that defensive line. Ben Burkirvin at linebacker, Tevis Bartlett making the move from outside linebacker to inside linebacker. They've got some good bucks on the outside to kind of rush and, and provide pressure. And then Gay, Greg Gaines, number 99, he's going to play at the next level. He's a big cog up front in that defensive line. But I think it's going to, it's going to come down to can they just plug up the running game of Auburn to throw them out of sync and make them operate on third and long. Uh, then once you're in that situation, the Husky secondary should be able to take care of business. Now, when we go fast uh, this game, obviously Auburn is, is one of the biggest games of the season, but this Washington yeah. schedule as a whole, it's got some road bumps in it at, at Utah, at Oregon, of course, Stanford coming up early in November. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if they get, if they can get past this Auburn game with a victory, uh, are they squarely in the forefront from the Pac-12 as far as the favorite to reach the college football playoff? I, I think they're already the favorite in the conference. That being said, their schedule is tough. And I think uh, you're right to point out at Utah being tricky in week three, man. I mean, they are picked to be a dark horse in the South Division. Uh, they are probably the team that over, if you were to aggregate the last three years, against Washington. They're probably the team that has played Washington most consistently tough, even though the Huskies won two of the three meetings. And I would say that uh, that's going to be a real question mark in, in week three. How does this team do in Salt Lake City? And then when you talk about Oregon, it's not just the fact that they have to play Oregon, but it's the fact that it's a rivalry game. They've blown out the Ducks the last two years, beat them by a combined score of 108 to 24. So you know Oregon's going to be hungry. And Oregon's going to be coming off a bye at home when the Huskies are playing their second straight road game. they got to go to the Rose Bowl and play UCLA the week before. So I think there are some tricky spots on this schedule. I think a lot of people who haven't really taken a close look at this Washington team say, hey, Pac-12 is down, beat Auburn, and we're just going to pencil you into the Final Four. Well, there's a lot of football to be played between now and then. But I think for both these teams, if you can get a win in week one, you really set yourself up nicely for a, for a strong resume the rest of the year. Absolutely. And let's project forward just a little bit further. I know this is a long way off, but if Washington does, in fact, win their division, is it Southern Cal coming out of the other side that they're most likely to face? Who in your mind would they face if they are to make it all the way to the Pac-12 championship game? 
Yeah, good question. And, and truthfully, uh, I just haven't taken that close of a look at the rest of the league to really see if matchups and different you know position groups and all that stuff. I mean, SC is picked by a lot of people to win the South Division, although Utah is right on their heels. And here's another dark horse name that I'm hearing out of the South is Arizona with Khalil, Khalil Tate at quarterback. And the way that he can just rip off chunks of yardage, uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Arizona with Kevin Sumlin taking what he's done in his career down to Tucson as being a dangerous team. And the Huskies are kind of fortunate that they don't have to play at Arizona this year. They did play at Arizona two years ago, almost lost that game, ended up eking it out in overtime. But one of the the weird quirks in college football, you see little patterns like this all the time. And one of the weird ones with Washington is this. They just can't get a win in the state of Arizona. I mean, they, they've had a few, but if you look back from the last 15 years or so, whether it's at Arizona or at Arizona State, they have always struggled down there in the desert. And I think the dogs are fortunate they don't have to go down to Arizona this year because that's a team that is getting a whole lot of looks here on the West Coast. All right, Tony, I know it's going to be a busy start to the season. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Blackout, and we will look forward to talking to you again later in the season if we get the chance. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. A big thank you once again to Tony Cashacone for joining the blackout uh, that was recorded last week. A little bit of an early start to the college football season, but a big thank you to Tony Cashacone as he is a very busy man leading his way up to the beginning of the season as number six Washington gets ready to take on number nine Auburn. That's the exact type of interview I look to bring you each and every week. Someone associated with the best teams in all of college football, the teams that will determine the college football playoff picture. Now, before I get out of here, I'm going to let you know which games I'm looking most forward to this weekend. First, I'm going to go to Friday night action as Utah State plays number 11, Michigan State. All these times are Eastern time. It's 7 o'clock for that kickoff on Friday night. Michigan State, simply one of those teams that's in the Big Ten that really, I believe, are going to be in contention with each other, fighting for positioning within the divisions. And then, ultimately, I think a lot of those teams are going to knock each other off going to the Big Ten Championship game. And that's, again, like I said earlier in the show, why I have Wisconsin as my team that I'm picking out of the Big Ten to make the college football playoff. Later that night at 9 o'clock Eastern time, we have San Diego State at Stanford. Stanford ranked 13th in the country. I don't really truly look at Stanford as a college football playoff contender, but I do believe that they are a team to watch because, think about this, if Washington does in fact knock off Auburn, then we're talking about Who are their biggest contenders within the Pac-12? Stanford's one of those teams that could show up there. Also at 9 o'clock Eastern time is number four, Wisconsin, hosting Western Kentucky. This one's simply interesting just for the sole fact that, yes, this is a team that I believe is going to be a part of the playoff, but they should start off a strong way against Western Kentucky. Watch out for Jonathan Taylor getting his start to the season what could be a Heisman campaign. Now we make our way to Saturday. A lot of these teams, I believe, are going to blow out their opponents on the opening weekend, but I'm going to go in order through the easiest ones first and then work our way up to the most exciting, impactful games of the college football playoff. At 12 o'clock Eastern time, we have number five, Ohio State hosting Oregon State. Number seven, Oklahoma against Florida Atlantic. Don't let that one get away from you. You're looking at an Oklahoma team that is breaking in a new quarterback. No more Baker Baker Mayfield. No more Heisman Trophy. They have Kyler Murray taking over at quarterback. And watch out for this FAU squad with what they have going with Lane Kiffin. They can put up a lot of points. I wouldn't be surprised if this one's interesting for a long time. I do think, though, that talent will win out in the end with Oklahoma coming away with the, with the win. 
Also at 12 Eastern time, we have Southern at number 16 TCU. Now, caution yourself with this one. This is not one that I'm putting on the radar as far as a playoff contender quite yet. But you look at this TCU team, this is an interesting one. I'm going to be paying attention to this game because two weeks from now, week three in the season, TCU is playing host to Ohio State. And they get an opportunity to play an Ohio State team that has a lot of things going on right now with no Urban Meyer coaching the first three games of the season. Of course, he will be back coaching his team on the practice field in the second and third weeks of the season. But watch for that TCU team and see how hot they start this season because they could be a danger to Ohio State here in a couple of weeks. At 12.20 Eastern time, we have Furman at number two Clemson, a Clemson team that, again, I think they have the easiest path of any team in the country to the playoff. Watch the defensive line. Watch some of the early young playmakers who are getting on the field and keep an eye on that quarterback battle. Yes, Kelly Bryant is starting the game, but watch Trevor Lawrence and what he does when he gets on the field. He's a player to watch throughout the entire season in college football. Now we move to 3.30 Eastern kickoffs with Austin P at number three Georgia. Simply put, that's going to be an easy, easy game for Georgia. But watch their rushing attack. Watch the quarterbacks again. Jake Fromm will likely be getting a lot of the snaps. But watch what happens with Justin Fields when he gets in the game as well. 3.30 Eastern time, Appalachian State visits number 10, Penn State. Trace McSorley could be a Heisman Trophy contender. There are some people who have picked this team to be a part of the playoff. I'm not quite there, but you will see this Penn State team trying some new things. No Joe Moorhead as offensive coordinator. Saquon Barkley is gone. Watch where this team goes and how they react opening up the season. Now we get to the Saturday games that I believe are going to make a huge difference on the college football playoff. The first one, 8 o'clock Eastern time, Louisville versus number one, Alabama. This one, simply put, Alabama comes into this season, again, ranked number one in the country. They're going to have some interesting things going on at quarterback, but I do believe you're going to see Tua Tagovailoa get most of the reps at starting quarterback for Alabama. Watch that matchup, but I do believe Alabama comes away with an easy win in that one. At 7.30 Eastern time, a little bit more impactful as far as the validity of both teams. Number 14, Michigan at number 12, Notre Dame. I'm looking at this one, again, not in love with either one of these two teams, but I want to see what happens with the Michigan Wolverines. What happens with Shea Patterson at quarterback? Do they open up that offense and give him and his skill set some more important things to do that can enable this Michigan offense to do things they haven't done these last few years and open things up, score more points, and become a more dangerous team because you know they're going to have a very good defense. And the biggest game of all, Saturday, 3.30 Eastern time, it's number six Washington Huskies against the Auburn Tigers in Atlanta. Auburn Tigers come in ranked number nine in the country. And like we talked about with Tony Castrone just a little while ago, this is virtually a home game for the Tigers. Watch out for that. I think that'll have a big impact in this game. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I think it's going to be a very close game. But I think it's going to be the difference-making defense that the Auburn Tigers have that are going to put them on top in this game. So I watch for the Washington Huskies to lose this one, lose their opener, and simply put, Earlier in the show when I gave you my four teams that I think have the easiest path to the playoffs, I didn't have Washington on that list simply because of this game. I think they dropped the opener, and I think they probably drop another one somewhere in the Pac-12 as they move on through the rest of the season. Finally, we get to games on Sunday night and Monday night with number 8 Miami playing number 25 LSU, and on Monday, number 20 Virginia Tech playing number 19 Florida State in Tallahassee. That's going to be an interesting one to start off the ACC schedule and looking at a couple of teams that could be contenders with Clemson in the ACC. That's all I have for you on this edition of the Blackout. In the meantime, before the next episode comes out, I'd invite you to follow me on Twitter and Periscope 
at TB on the blackout. I'd also like to thank Super Team Media for bringing me on board. This will be a weekly show as we look at the college football season and the best teams and the biggest games that will impact the college football playoff. Next week, I have the pleasure of Don Munson, the voice of the Clemson Tigers, joining me as the Tigers get ready to hit the road and play Texas A&M in College Station. Thanks again for listening. This is Thomas Black on the Blackout.
That's all the time I have for the first episode of The Blackout. Uh, thank you for listening to me today, and I'll invite you to... That's all the time I have for the show today. I thank you for joining me here on The Blackout. I invite you to join me on Twitter and Periscope, at TB on The Blackout. And I'd like to send a special thanks out to the Super Team Media Group for bringing me on and bringing this podcast to you. They're going to do it on a weekly basis. I'm going to be here on a weekly basis, and we'll bring you the best action in college football each and every week. Lastly, I'd ask you to subscribe and share the show as I'll be launching this, and it'll be getting better and better. Each week, I'll bring you more content, more interviews, and more of the things to look for in college football. Next week, I'll look forward to bringing Don Munson onto the show, the voice of the Clemson Tigers. He'll be looking at the game versus Texas A&M as the Tigers hit the road to head to College Station. It's going to be an interesting one. Of course, Jimbo Fisher there for Texas A&M. That'll be his first big game of his of his tenure with Texas A&M, and in a game that Clemson will be looking at as one that will shape their college football season and very could well could be one of the big factors in them making their way to the college football playoff. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.